you're listening to the Calm Mind Confident Life podcast, full of guided meditations, relaxation audios, and an abundance of tips from inspiring people around the globe. This podcast is here to help you cultivate calm and embrace the power and freedom of believing in yourself. With your host and founder of Value Your Mind, Natalie Keeley. Hi everyone and welcome back. This week is a performer's take on calm and confidence and I'm really happy to share this conversation with you that I had about two weeks ago probably now with performer and yoga teacher Rachel Perry. I first met Rachel many moons ago as a teacher on one of my yoga teacher trainings and I just really loved her positive and upbeat energy. She she just gives out this very confident vibe which I found and I think you'll find very infectious and it was actually no surprise when I found out she was a dance performer. So I was really keen to talk to her on the podcast because I felt that there was lots that she could share from her background in performing and how she finds the confidence each day to be in the spotlight, but also how she balances that with finding or or reconnecting back to herself. We cover a lot of ground in this podcast, so as always, do check out the show notes where I summarise all the helpful takeaways and tips from our chats. Thank you for coming on the show, Rachel. It's really nice to speak to you again after such a long time. It's an utter pleasure. And it's so nice to be on this side of things because of I'm doing a little podcast project and I'm used to being the person answering, asking all the questions. So it's quite fun yes. <laughs> being yes. on this side of the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the podcast, I just really wanted to speak to you because I felt that your kind of background in yoga, but also the fact that you're, you're a performer and a dancer. So you're kind of coming from this quite kind of confident industry, I mm-hmm. suppose, or confident place. And it'd be really interesting to speak to you a bit about how you keep that confidence, but also how you kind of deal with the pressure of being in a role that involves you being in the spotlight a lot of the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think there's a fair few ex-performers that I meet who teach full time or they sort of teach yoga or they do this sort of self-development stuff as well as performing. And I think it kind of, it might come from the fact, I think performers, we're very used to (laughs) self-analyzing and like looking in the mirror and having to really, um, look at what we have like we're used to being the product and I think sometimes it can it can cause like people to go down a really unhealthy path of eating disorders and and actually not feeling that confident about themselves and then portraying something else in front of people so that can be an interesting sort of dynamic that shifts Mm. I think with performers with that out outwardly we might look really confident but actually there's there's like a little soft center (laughs) so do you because you come across as someone who's very confident so do you do you believe that you're confident or do you not see yourself that way um I think I do I think I have quite a a found foundationally fundamentally I have I think I was brought up 
to love myself and to be secure in myself and kind of be quite empowered. I think, thank you, mum, <laughs> for that. And then I and then to dance for, and that really got chipped away at. I kind of lost a bit of confidence. And I really had to rebuild that up in my early 20s. And then going into the yoga, that's when I really started to, I think, yeah, kind of feed and nourish myself better, like quite literally feed myself better. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and also just to feel more of a whole person. I think I had this kind of um, turbulent relationship with my performance and with dance because it's, it's a bit like an unrequited love in some ways. That, and a lot of performers feel this. You kind of give all of yourself to the thing, to the, the performance, to the, to the art of dance or acting or singing. And you don't always get that much in return. Mm-hmm. And I think with the yoga, and then the yoga kind of came in and kind of built me up again, I think. It built my confidence up. And it made me realize that I, I could do more than just be a moving body in front yeah. of uh, a room full of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's that rewarding element of yoga that it does give you a lot back, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I think it, I think it does. And, and like as a teacher, there's more dialogue. So with, it, with the performance, if we we're looking at the two as a comparison, when you're performing, you're kind of you're giving the audience something and then they take that quite passively on. And I think sometimes with teaching, it can be much more of a a dialogue and a conversation. Mm. So less talking or performing at people and you actually get that nice two-way flow of like, yeah, just like a nice conversation with yoga, which I really enjoy. It's, It's much more, for me, much more kind of human in some in some ways than the performing arts industry which Definitely, is which yeah. is a beast it's a bit of a beast if anybody out there is in the performing arts it's you know it's challenging i mean life is challenging but it's definitely going down a more creative road mm. to make your your living is definitely a challenging route to take yeah. you need tough thick skin and how how do you manage that kind of pressure I think, well, I mean, I was just speaking to you before you clicked record and I hadn't been actually performed for a good like four or five years. Mm. And I'd just done the yoga stuff. And then um, out of the blue, I got offered a job at, um, in London, this like immersive performance art thing. And it's been really interesting then going from the, the being completely immersed in the yoga stuff and then diving back into the performance world and I really noticed how um, my yoga practice has really, like, really helped me mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of navigate not only the actual doing of the thing, but also the, the different types of people. Because there can mm-hmm. be a lot of insecurity within the, the performance art world. A lot of people wanting validation. And I'm so sorry if you're listening and you're hating me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of performers, they, they do crave that that sense of you know applause and validation and I think the yoga or any spiritual practice you have really teaches you to to really drum that up in yourself to validate yourself and and other people yeah definitely I think it 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 does it's kind of finding that that 
um, belief within yourself, isn't it? That you don't actually need approval from other people that you can, have, you can give yourself approval. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and you said, you mentioned that it's helped you manage other people and their mm-hmm. kind of challenges with the profession. And how, what do you mean by that? So I think it can, anybody can really, you can really relate that to anybody, anybody you find quite challenging. I mean, it's usually, I think with the yoga stuff or if you're working on self-development or whatever your spiritual practice is, I think it really calls for you to be more of an observer, having those initial reactions to that person who's challenged you or triggered you um, for whatever reason, you might have an instant emotive reaction. But I think sometimes having that basis of yoga or mindfulness or however you want to call it, I think it gives you that opportunity that you have that practice of feeling those (laughs) initial kind of like emotions. Mm. And then it just, you step back and you just take a beat Mm. and you try and see it from their point of view. And I think it gives you that great understanding and scope of empathy. Mm. And then you may make a different choice, a different decision, how to react to that, that Mm. situation or that person Mm. (laughs) most of the time most of the time it works it kind of gives you that opportunity doesn't it where you can just almost I I have imagine it like when you're floating above and you're kind of just Mm. watching the scenario as kind of someone who's not emotionally attached to the situation yes exactly so it gives you a kind of that greater perspective Mm. so that you don't get kind of swallowed up by that initial usually these things are unpleasant reactions or trigger things Mm. You don't get kind of swallowed down a a pattern or a whole of behaviors so that you can change behaviors. And then hopefully you you usually get a different reaction from the person and then things resolve much better Mm. than if I just went, you're wrong and like pointed the finger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting going from the yoga teaches you, you know, things like you're not the body, you're not the mind. And that there's that seeking for that, the, the soul purpose or the higher self. And what is that underneath all this, all these layers of the onion? Going back into performance again, it's really made me actually reground into um, the more human, our humanity, really. Because at the moment, this performance I'm in is a little bit, it's, it's a feminist piece, some people are saying. But basically, like I'm quite scantily clad with other about four other women and we're there for people to look at and to judge and mm, to wow. yeah, it's full on. Mm. It's full on. And it's been interesting that, you know, we are in this human experience and there will be, you know, shit times and that we will meet people that get our hairs up on the back of our neck, but actually having, I think having a, a foundation of, like feeling secure in oneself, I think you're better able to kind of dust yourself off once if you hear something you don't like, that someone's, you know, giving you a criticism. Because we're dancing on tables. It's at the vaults, by the way. If anyone's uh, watching, listening to this, it's Mm -hmm. at the vaults, if they want to have a look, in London. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're on tables and like you can hear people talk about you wow. right, I mean, right next to them. <laughs> <gasps> the 
it's an immersive dining experience. Right. And so you really, it's interesting that um, you hear what they're saying about you. And I think maybe if I'd have done this a few years ago, prior to the, the sort of the yoga practice and the, the self-development stuff, I think that would have hit me harder. Because oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes most people are lovely, but sometimes people can be a bit mean. <laughs> and also I think if you're, even when you're in, um, uh, people are saying kind of nice things or, you know, general comments, if you're feeling, feeling at all in a vulnerable place, you tend to misinterpret what they're saying or mishear yes. or you actually only hold on to the bits that feed those insecurities that you have and you don't hear the rest of it. So mm. it kind of comes back to that idea that you for, for what you're doing, you really have to have that kind of inner confidence in yourself, don't you? So that that doesn't, that doesn't happen for you. Yeah. And you don't get kind of, yeah, you don't get, you know, marred down with everyone else's opinions because they are only opinions at the end of the day. And there was something that I was reading as well, something about how I'm so sorry if anyone's listening and they're like, that's completely wrong. But it's something like the brain, we're, we're even wired in our brain to hear negative feedback. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard this? Like, yeah, there's this, hear, <laughs> something is mad. Is there, yeah, there's this thing where you have to, um, it's suggested that for every negative thing that someone says, yeah. in order to kind of balance it out, you have to say, like, I think it's five or, or maybe even 10 positive things to make up for that one negative thing. So it's like the same power. One negative thing has the same power of five or whatever positive things. I find that absolutely fascinating. So once I realized that and was like, yeah, that resonates, um, you can do that yourself, right? So if you hear one negative thing and you can't have other people validate, you know, 10 other nice things about you, you do that yourself. Mm. So if someone says something that maybe is a bit out of turn, I mean, sometimes we get criticisms and there's truth in it and that's why we're hurt. Mm. So we, I think you have to be discerning on where this point of view is coming from and like how the intent is behind it and what the intent is. But yeah, I mean, if you get something that is really you know, really upsetting you, a comment, because words are really powerful, then why not, you know, in your own mind, think of nine other things that are so fabulous about yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a practice, though, that I am, um, one of the kind of practices I use with clients is that, you know, telling yourself you wake up in the morning and telling yourself three things that you like about yourself. But it's actually crazy how hard people find that. Yeah. Um, they're so, so quick. And, and I, you know, I've been in that place as well. So, so quick to find negative things about ourselves. It's almost happening automatically. We don't even hear what we're saying to ourselves sometimes. It's only when you stop and you're like, whoa, like I'm actually, I've got this negative commentary going on all of the time. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It's only when you, you become aware of it that you realize. And then I think actually when, I, when I've done that, I mean, after my dance training, I did go, I mean, I think for most people, the uh, like mid to early 20s are a really tough time of life. Yeah. I don't know how you felt, but I mean, I wouldn't want to go back there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had no gray hairs, but it was a, I found it a tough time in my early 20s. If I could go back and just ask myself to say some nice things because I think my self-talk was so bad mm. it was so and I just feel if I look at my if I ever just look at my younger self I just send her so much love yeah <laughs> because I was mean to her 
I was mean to her and she was just trying to find her way. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes if we realize, gosh, my self-talk is really harsh. I think for me, there was this overwhelming rush of just forgiveness and sort of like, like I would never say that to my friend. Like, why am I saying it to myself? This is tragic. This is tragic. So these are things whenever I've, I feel like I'm getting caught up in that cycle again. And, you know, I think it happens to everyone. Mm. Every day is going to be a, a self-care kind of day. There's going to be days where, you know, you feel down in the dumps or you, you, you're not happy with yourself, whatever way. As long as you can pull yourself out of that and, and send some sort of love and compassion your own way, I think it's a great start point. Mm -hmm. to to get to kind of getting your I really like this word sovereignty of kind of getting yourself sovereignty back of kind of being the master of your life you know and not waiting for other people to to say to give you the green green light to to live the way you want to live you know yeah definitely it's (laughs) um yeah I really like that idea as well of and I've heard it before of talking to yourself like you would talk a friend in fact I think Mm. I was talking about this on the podcast with another with another yoga instructor yeah um yeah like that's a really I think a really helpful way of thinking about it talking to yourself like you would you know you would talk a friend and really yeah thinking about the words that you're using and the tone that you're using and the way you're thinking and seeing yourself yeah, and I think it's something that you just have to keep doing on the daily. Mm. You know, it's easily it's easy to slip in and out of of being aware of it until the pattern has changed and it becomes more like you said, it's a practice until it becomes a second nature. And I think, you know, I think this is why I've noticed there's more talk about ritual and self-care and these sorts of things. And yeah, I think I really like the idea of ritual for self-care. Like I, for me, the practice of um, asana, of the postures, is a way of a ritual. You know, I could really do any shape. The shapes are kind of irrelevant. It's the way you move and how you breathe and your intention behind it, I think. I've um, programmed myself to feel a specific way when I do these things on my mat. I think that's such a key, really, forming rituals around around your day um Mm. because when you're feeling out of control and you're not feeling confident or you know overwhelmed or anything knowing you've got these rituals that you do day in day out well maybe not every day but you know yeah (laughs) but mostly you know it's something you can come to every day it's going to be the same it's there it's always going to be there yeah even with um rituals they can be really long you know you could do like this wonderful um, yoga practice, meditation practice, and all these things, and journaling, and and then a, a beautiful bath and delicious foods. I mean, that would take all day. You could do that. Give yourself like a, a whole day retreat. I mean, brilliant. But there's things like sometimes that they'll they'll be like scents. So I have there's specific scents that I have smells that I have. I relate to a certain emotion emotive response. And so I might have, uh, you know, a certain essential oil on that I will remind me throughout the day of my intention. So it's easy to kind of forget because you get into your life. But if you have these little like signposts, I know people that that um, might wear a, a piece of jewelry and that they believe. I mean, most of this stuff is in belief and the power of belief, and that's 
that is the magic mm. of programming a specific piece of jewelry to be about strength and then they'll wear that necklace and then whenever they look at it they remind themselves of their innate ability to be strong yeah i think that you can kind of um quite easily pop these into your day <laughs> undercover no one needs to know that that's what you're working with to kind of build up that sense of confidence and calm mm. within your everyday life and it doesn't really take up any time at all mm, mm, yeah exactly yeah so I'm interested as well so now that you're doing this um kind of going back you've gone back into the performing world dabbling dabbling <laughs> <laughs> dabbling back in the performing yeah there you go um how are you finding that balance between I mean or kind of on a physical level between oh, yeah in a you know high energy environment and then coming and doing yoga which if you're practicing the asanas obviously that does involve energy mm. so to be honest i when just before you clicked record you were like how are you today and i was like i've had a major nap because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am i'm i'm a, an early riser i've never been a night owl so having to because I'm still teaching as I perform I'm getting I'm getting home around about half 11 then it takes me about an hour or so to kind of calm down and then I'm having to get up again again at six to walk buddy the dog which you might have heard bark at the beginning of this yeah. and then off into my day and then I really I crash like it comes to about was it yeah it was earlier today but usually around three o'clock I'm like I'm, I need to sleep yeah. So my um my asanas I have been doing much less. So I might do an asana practice every other day, maybe maybe about that. Sometimes less if I'm really tired. But I've been doing way more um singing work, like chanting. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been taking a silly amount of baths. <laughs> oh, I'm a lover of baths. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like so. Like a I cuddle. love. A, I love a bath, really. Yeah. Um, so my 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 because I'm a yoga practitioner. It has my asanas are the ones that I've just taken. They've gone down the list for the time being, um, and things more like um, shavasana or yoga nidra, the yoga sleep, like a relaxation, mm. and yeah things like chanting, things where I'm not having to exert too much physical energy have definitely um, gone, yeah, gone down the list of priorities just for the moment. Well, I mean, it sounds like anyway, if you're doing something quite physical and active, mm. um, in, you know, in a, as a job, doing the performing and things like that, and then walking the dog and all these, yeah. they're quite active things. Um, yes. It doesn't seem like actually the balance is needed by doing the asana practice really because it's you're already achieving that movement of the body it's kind of thinking about other things that you need to bring into yeah. balance, isn't it? I, and I think as a, a lover of the the asanas the postures sometimes I think there is a little bit too much I think we can well I'll, I'll speak for myself I can get obsessed with keeping up a specific practice definitely mm -hmm. and I think as I'm maturing in age and as I'm maturing in my my practices of yoga and my spirituality I, I, I keep bumping up against the same thing of things are um, cyclical and 
things can't stay the same. I mean, I know there's an idea of the, your, the yoga practice being that constant and it is, but I think you can be, for me, it's a constant, but within that there's so much space for flux. So it's so constant. It's the backbone and yet it doesn't have to represent itself to me as an asana practice. I mean, what happens when you get pregnant or, you know, Mm. someone passes away or you lose your job or you go on holiday or like, you know, it's Christmas. Mm. I mean, things change, things change. And I think sometimes we get, we, I (laughs) get so caught up in trying to keep things almost the same and controlled that I think it can become a chore and that as soon as I feel like, oh, it's becoming a chore or I'm, or my self-talk, I, we were talking about self-talk, if I'm starting to feel guilty. Guilty, because that's such yes. a, I feel the guilt is something that you really, especially if you're a teacher, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear it in so many different ways for whatever profession you're in, but when, in terms of what we're talking about with the yoga is I feel, oh, I haven't done enough asanas and I'm going to go and teach now. Yeah. I have. I'm a fraud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so much guilt. And then you think, and then you get on your mat and you're just doing it because you're trying yeah. to answer the guilt. And that's not yeah. the reason to do it, you know? No, it really isn't. And I think, I think these are all the stages that one has to go, that, that goes through until you realize, actually, I've, I've started to reframe like negative feelings like guilt and jealousy and envy and all those things. So if I get those feelings as in guilt, so say I haven't practiced my asanas for a couple of days and it's because, you know, I'm, I'm tired or I, I really don't want to, for whatever reason, deep within, I'm like, I just need a bit of space. But then the guilt, so the guilt, the, the little guilt gremlin comes a knock in. I start to rather than kind of um obey the guilt gremlin <laughs> i i rather try and see it as a um thank you for showing me that i feel guilty and why is that mm. and then what needs to be done to ease the little guilt gremlin same with like jealousy i think jealousy because of you know yoga on insta or I don't know if all your listeners are yoga people or if they're, you know, generally, you know, seeking for a more balanced life and Mm. you might be on some Insta accounts and they just look like they have the best thing. You know, everything is so balanced and vibrant and high vibe and perfect. And then you might get some jealousy and then rather than just locking down on that emotion, either feeling ashamed that you feel jealousy because you should be above that by now or like you get you kind of hit out in anger like you know this is all crap it might just be that you're you either want that yourself desperately and jealousy is telling you like hey (laughs) I'm telling you that's what you actually want in your heart of hearts and you know go ahead and make it happen or it's something you really don't want so I think sometimes negative emotions I think especially in the sort of, um, I'm going to say like the love and light community, I think we, it's, it's, a, it's a very easy to stamp down and 
um, try and ignore or push aside the, the, the negative emotions we receive. Mm. But actually, I think they can be really, really useful flags in the sand and okay. direction changes. You know, what needs to shift in my life so that I don't feel that anymore, you know? So I think for me, things like that I use now with the guilt and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Why is that? Mm. And then I'll go through it in my head. And then I usually come to an answer and just think, okay. <laughs> and I move on. <laughs> yeah, because I think they, it, yeah, those negative emotions, they kind of come um, caked in something else, don't they? Coped exactly. in something else. Exactly. Um, but actually, yeah, when you kind of just spend a bit of time just sitting with that emotion, and that mm. sometimes is all it is, it is just actually just sitting with it and not battling against it not struggling against it and just allowing it just to be there Mm. and then naturally some things might come up from that like for example I'm thinking you know with what you're saying about the guilt element maybe it's saying to you actually you don't need to do a sana practice right now but I'm saying you need to look after yourself right now you've just done something really physically demanding Mm. and I want you to pause you know exactly Exactly. And I think sometimes as well, they're just old, they're just old paradigms that just haven't quite got the message yet that you don't need to feel that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes they're like hangovers from a past life, you know, as in this past life. Yeah. From my dance training of having, no matter how I was feeling, I had to go to class, I had to be in tight clothing, I had to audition no matter what I was, how I was feeling. And and that you really had to just show up all the time physically. And then when, you, when I didn't, I would feel really guilty that I was, you know, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to be a bad performer and a dancer. I'm going to miss out on an opportunity. And I think these are hard things, whether, you know, that's for my, my example, but I think everyone has sort of similar things in their lives that they've, either obsessed, obsessed about for a period of time, come to realize that that is a, not a useful way to live your life. And then you have to then go through like a whole process of trying to unravel it. Yeah. And it takes, it can take years and then it will just rear its ugly head now and again. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes I just have to think guilt be gone. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. I'm taking a day. I'm taking a day. It's all good. Do you think um, being in, because I was just thinking about the the kind of the masculine and feminine energy, the yin and the yang mm. and how mm. performing is so much kind of the, the yang, right? Mm. But mm. then you, you're quite vinyasa, aren't you? Is that right? Yeah. 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 And, and lots of dancers do go into more vinyasa because obviously that's their kind of forte, I suppose, of that yang, that kind of movement. Yeah, sure. Like yeah. But do you think that, because obviously we're told that probably what, we need to do, be doing the opposite of what we're almost drawn to. Um, and I'm, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering what you think That's, about that. It's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what you want? You actually don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think to find best possible balance. And I think even for me, this idea of balance is a little off balance. Because I think I just don't know. I really don't know if if balance is how we perceive it to be, you know, the, the scales being completely level. Um, I think maybe this is something we work towards throughout our whole lifetime 
time. And that could be the journey of yoga to find the absolute union of Shiva Shakti, of male-female energy, of balance. And actually, for most of us mere mortals, we're constantly out of balance. (laughs) And I feel like, is that not just our humanity? Mm. Not to say that we can't work towards it and, and yearn for it and put tools in place to help us on our path to our balance. But again, it's that sort of striving um, for something that I think is innately really difficult. Well, I read um, or I maybe watched something and yeah. they were talking about actually happiness is having purpose. Um, yes. And mm. I thought, well, maybe that that striving for this balance or striving for this enlightenment or whatever it is that all of us are striving for, happiness maybe, it's mm. actually just that it gives us this purpose that there's something bigger that we're working towards and that's oh, what yeah. the happiness. Yeah. And again, it's the idea of always being in the flow of practice, of being in that constant adventure of life, of the, the journey, right? Because mm. no one actually knows what's going to happen at the end. We all know it's, it's going to end, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think it's just from, from birth to death, how are we just going to live our lives in the middle? And, and some days, some weeks are going to be like joy and, and some days are going to be horrendous and terrible things are going to happen and like wonderful things are going to happen and there's going to be days where you're just waiting in line at the bank and you're really bored you know I think this is life I think this is humanity and I think um, having like a yoga practice or a, or a mindful practice or some if, if um, you have a healthy relationship with your religion I think it, it just gives you that greater sense of like you said, of, of purpose, of being a part of something that is unexplainable and is bigger than, than sometimes your, your dramas, you know, your everyday dramas. <laughs> and it can help you really navigate those times of change and upheaval for the good and the not so great, you know, I think. So I think that to get back onto this idea of balance, I think it's, it's a constant play. It's a constant play of sometimes succeeding and feeling really, yeah, I nailed it. I'm feeling, you know, I'm eating well, I'm getting a decent amount of night's sleep and my work is fulfilling me. And like all the pillars of your life to be in balance. If I sit there and think about it, my family are well, I have a good relationship with my family, you know, and, and you go through it. That's a lot to be in balance and a lot that we don't have control in. Mm. So to strive for this idea of um, in, infinite balance, I think, is, I think is, for me, I think slightly misleading and inaccessible. Mm. But things I can, I can have a, a tiny amount of control on is my, the way I relate to the world, you know, and um, I started, I know gratitude practice as an oldie, but it is a goodie. So I've started to bring that back in, you know, mm-hmm. I've started to just um, either wake up using the morning or, or I might do it throughout the day. Just think of something I'm really thankful for. Mm. And that does instantly, instantly you feel, I, I, I say you, but I feel, I feel better. I feel uplifted. I feel like I'm looking down at my life and going, I'm doing all right. You know, it's well done. <laughs> you can't win them all. 
it's so, finding that balance it, gratitude and those kind of things that you're talking about it kind of yeah. it's fine it's actually that finding that balance in your thoughts and yes. your the way you view the world rather than actual kind of your feelings or the facts mm. around you or how your lifestyle choices mm. are or whatever have a balanced view about balance yeah. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we've nailed it <laughs> that be a hashtag (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering whether um from your background in performance and things Mm. you've got any tips for people on how to bring more confidence into their lives yeah so I think well self-talk as we've mentioned I think a few people in your podcast have mentioned self-talk is something we can all have a modicum of control over so just being Intent, I think bringing more intention and attention to your everyday life is, is key. So starting to kind of retrain yourself into throughout your day, just witnessing your self-talk, your narrative, your story, and seeing if you can slot some either compassion in there of being, you know, either thinking of something that you're grateful for in your life or something that you love about yourself or if you if you if you were speaking to your friend how would you speak to them and then do the same to yourself so there's things like that i think you can do everyone can do throughout their day is just to acknowledge how they talk to themselves and then go about either rectifying it or slowly slowly starting to bring in some sort of kinder words to themselves until it becomes so natural and every day um i think not listening to too much how to's so how to have the best diet what the best Mm. asana practice looks like what a healthy person looks like i think we have completely i say we again as society yes (laughs) on the whole on the whole um, health has a face or we've personified what we think ultimate health and happiness looks like in a human and then there's this kind of unending trying and efforting to slim down to or bulk up or just not just not be in your body and trying to modify it constantly yeah. constantly trying to modify your body your, the way you think, the way you act to fit someone else's ideal of perfect balance and of what the perfect human looks like. I think so sometimes the how-tos are useful. I love me a how-to, very useful. But um, no, notice if you're starting to become a little obsessed by it or and listening to those sort of feelings of negative feelings, because they're wonderful flags in the sand. If you're feeling um, shamed, if you start to feel like, you know, oh gosh, I'm not as, I'm not as pretty as them. I can't do this. Or I'm not as skinny as them. I can't do yoga. You know, I need to look like this first. I think notice those feelings and sort of go, why do I think that? Of course I can bloody do (laughs) a yoga class or, uh, a pottery class or whatever it is you want to do in your life that is self-nurturing mm. so I think yeah maybe even think to yourself like what does confidence mean to me how would that be felt how would that look 
in my body? How would that look in my reflection? Mm. And really, it does feel different yeah. here everyone and what it's like what works for one person is not going to work yeah and I think we're trying I think it's just sort of all becoming a little bit bland and beige of you know it all just looking like one thing when everyone's so diverse and so wonderfully diverse like surely that's the glory of it you know that's the wonderful humanity is diverse um I think as well surrounding yourself with people that nourish you and I'm trying to sound not so may I say wanky sorry if I'm (laughs) (laughs) but surround like I have friends that challenge me like you know I I don't they're not all yes people you know I have friends that will tell me when I'm being a bit of an idiot and I love them for it maybe not at the time surrounding yourself by people that love you and they want the best for you not every man or woman is an island so sometimes you need that support network around you as well they can remind you of how wonderful you are. And even if you might have done something that wasn't so wonderful or you're in a period of your life that is quite challenging, if you have that support, I think it just reestablishes and reaffirms your innate ability to be confident. Yeah, and I really like what you, how you described it as kind of finding people who are nourishing for you because like you said, you it's not about finding people who are just gonna agree with you and say yeah go do it do it yeah yeah (laughs) it's good to have those people but the more you have the people around you that are nourishing the more you can know okay well this person is good for this thing and this person is good for this thing and yeah totally right it really is you know you've got your the 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 friend you go to or the family member whatever you go to and you need a bit of tough love that you know you know you need to be pulled up by your bootstraps and you, so you might speak to them and they'll give you some tough love. Exactly. There's different people play different roles, right, in your life. And because your podcast is talking a bit about being calm as well. Yeah. And today I did not feel calm and that, that did make me chuckle. I was making a massive drama about something or other. Um, everything's okay, by the way. But it just it did, make me, it did make me chuckle when I was like, I just... I lost it a little bit and I thought, okay, that's interesting. Let it happen. Let, let the tears flow. Uh, don't get stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't make me chuckle. But I think having, having something, a practice, or if it's exercise you enjoy doing, or there's boredom. I think boredom can give space for negativity to rear its ugly head. Mm. if you're a little bored and you and you feel like your life isn't going anywhere or or something like this and you start to then you start to go off into your head and I think a lot of us folk we live and strategize in our minds and what am I going to do next and paying bills and picking up children and walking dogs and we get so stuck in our minds doing something that is deeply grounding like taking a walk and that can then get you in the right frame of mind for that sort of self-care and that, that nurturing of building up your your confidence. It's so true because I was thinking the example of a few days ago when I was just feeling so like on the brink of a breakdown and mm. I thought to myself, okay, I can go onto my my yoga mat and sit there because I'm feeling guilty I haven't done yoga in a while yeah yeah Um, 
or I can just get outside and just mm. do something. And actually in that moment, that was much more nourishing and much more helpful than if I'd done some yoga or, you know, whatever, because it was just like just doing something completely different, change yeah. of scenery. Yeah. Um, and it just, it wasn't boring. It was new. It was fun, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that even that requires a certain amount of confidence that like you you have done enough of this practice practice does build confidence I think for a lot of folk you do need to go or there is something to be said for you know setting a quite a rigid discipline for yeah. some people that might be a good way to start because it gets you going but there's definite an unraveling that happens and a, a sort of change of direction and a malleability that the, the yoga then unfolds once you've had that kind of rooted foundation and disciplined approach. In my experience, I had that programmed into me. Um, it's, it's, it's always there. It's always there in the background to lean on whilst I navigate different waters. Like you said, instead I went for a walk, you know, and I think that shows a certain amount of knowing of yourself that that's actually what you needed. Yeah. And it's, it's also knowing that actually when you have those moments where you're, you know, you're having a bit of a flip out or you need to cry or whatever it is. Such a crier. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) um but it's knowing that actually I still really intuitively know deep down in there I am still feeling this sense of calm if you know what I mean like exactly I know that I'm uh, it's almost it's not control crying because I'm not like trying to I'm not doing it on purpose (laughs) (laughs) or maybe sometimes I am (laughs) it depends what you want yeah exactly (laughs) I'm joking I'm joking yeah of course um but you know it, it, it is that kind of knowing that okay whatever I'm going to do whatever how I'm ever I'm going to move my body or cry or whatever or scream shout yes there is this kind of strength of knowing actually once that's happened once I've done whatever I do I'm going to come back to to the calm because I've got that within me you know can I use an analogy Mm. maybe I don't know if everyone resonates with this but when I was younger and if you went on a night out and you got a little tipsy there was always a part of my mind that was stone cold sober. I was in, my body was feeling a certain way because I was drunk. But then in my mind, there was this sober Rachel who got me home safe, who put the keys in the door and made sure I had my cards. And I kind of, and that's a weird analogy, that even though you're in it, you're in that state at that moment, there's this overarching... Yeah sort of wisdom that isn't even you almost yeah. it's like another part of yourself that's like I'll give you this few moments to break down <laughs> yeah. but you do know you've got this and yeah. you will continue on definitely oh that's I think that's, that's a nice a drunk place. analogy yeah <laughs> <laughs> a nice place to leave it on the drunk analogy <laughs> classic um so yeah I I usually ask people three tips but I think we've covered that but what I also just wanted to ask before we end it is if you had any kind of books or anything else like that that you would suggest that's good for people so I know I'm a bit behind the times but I loved Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert I haven't actually read that oh my goddess it's fantastic 
So I think actually it's pretty relevant. Um, she talks about living a creative life and she talks a lot about confidence and mm. self-belief. I think it'd be your listeners would love it. Mm. I, it I mean, chapter one, I was in tears. Wow. <laughs> I was doing, you know, the, the knowing head nod, like I relate, I relate. Yeah. So I recommend Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. What else? Oh, I'm reading a book called... I can't find it, but it's called Upward Spiral. And it's about, um, it's about depression, really. I don't have depression, but um, it's talking about depressive tendencies that we all have and what's actually going on in your brain and in your endocrine system and, and ways to um, kind of flip the switch on the downward spiral that we can all get into, even if we're not depressed, but we have those feelings of sadness for whatever reason, because life throws things. And things like, he talks about things like gratitude practice and how there is an actual, there is like a, a, a switch in your mind that just starts to turn the tide of the, the spiral up. And it gives different tools and it talks about yoga and mindfulness and how, what is actually going on um, physiologically yeah. um, to help improve your mood and to re reprogram old not useful behaviors which is really cool so that's upward spiral i can't remember the writer but i mean if you googled it oh yeah i'll put it in the show notes and then people yeah, can spiral cool you say one more is that is that good yeah if you've got one more ah oh, i don't know if i have oh well don't worry then <laughs> <laughs> that was just completely off my head because i just read them <laughs> i mean two's good two's good i think that two's will good. That, yeah. and they're good ones well that was a real joy to speak to Rachel I have a smile on my face just listening back to it if you liked what you heard please do subscribe and leave us a review because leaving a review I know I always say it but it really helps us share all these tips with people who need it and that's what this podcast is all about so until next time I hope you have a very calm and confident week Thank you.